I want to share with you a very brief Yesaid and Chenuch that I'm very into in Yeshiva. In, in Yeshiva and in Sulam, this is, this Zaki is Yesaid and Chenuch that I've seen. It's Yesaid in any leadership, in any leadership position you'll be in your life. If you'll be a manager of any people under you, remember the following rule. And the rule is, in Parshas Bay, it says, Bay El Para. Yaakov spoke about these words, and many Mepharshim speak. It should say, Lech El Paray. The appropriate language, I'm Hashem O'Maysha, Lech El Paray, go to Paray. It doesn't say, Lech El Paray, it says, Bay El Paray. And Bay means that Hashem is by Paro. Yaakov spoke about it, Leil Shabbos. Bay El Paray means, come to Paray, not go. And my theory in Chinuch, and in any leadership position, is come works, go doesn't work. Natanel, you hear the rule? Come works, go doesn't work. If you ever tell your kids, go to shul, it's come to shul. Go, go learn, come learn. Come works, go doesn't work. For many years in Sulams, I ran the sports, and I'm very into, even if it rains, I want the guys playing. I want action, I want activity. There have been volleyball tournaments. If I'm playing, I can make the volleyball tournament go during the rain. Because I'm saying, come, come, let's go. I hurt my foot one summer. I, I, I hurt my hamstring. It was like a drizzle. I couldn't get the guys to play. Because then it was go. It wasn't come. I wasn't playing myself. And the simple Yusayid and Chinuch that's proven time and time again is come works, go doesn't work. If a guy's entrusted with a staff of waiters and he's supposed to run a Shabbos, if he says, if he's pointing and giving jobs, and, but he himself is not working, that's begedder, go. And if he himself, if he's just the professional delegator, he delegates, he gives out jobs, I have seen organizations where the head of the organization is a delegator. He doesn't bust it himself. He tells people what to do and appoints and gives jobs. But he himself, Mo, doesn't bust it. He doesn't bring it. That's a go system. That's go and go never works. Come as if he himself works hard and brings it, he could say to his staff to work hard as well. So I'm just jumping on the words boy el paro. Where Hashem says to Moshe, "Come to paro. I will be there myself." I'm not telling you to go to paro. I'm telling you, come to paro. I'm there also. Come to paro, not go to paro. And I want to say to all the, any time in our life, it's a yisoid and chinuch. I promise there are many endless examples of when you catch yourself, are you saying go or come? In all of Chinuch, if you're the type of person who lives it yourself and lives sincerely and an authentic person, then you are telling your kids, come. There's nothing like the father who himself is frustrated with his own Yiddishkeit and he pushes his kids like, don't be like me, that's go. That's go, you go, you do. Go doesn't work, go never works, and come always works. So remember that rule. I'm always mocked that whoever runs the Durham Basketball League plays in the league. I want him playing. I want him involved because, because of this side. Come, works, go, doesn't work. If he's playing in running a tournament, I want the guy involved. You don't have to actually play. Naftali is a get there of come, not go. 
but he's involved, he's invested, he's there, so then it's begedder come. Moshe Rabbeinu in Parashas Boi, Paroi, sends out Moshe Rabbeinu. <coughs> I want to find the Pasuk. Moshe Rabbeinu was sent out by Parai, who says, never see me again. He kicks out Moshe Rabbeinu, and it says that Moshe Rabbeinu had a charoin af, was angry. And my question to you is, what's trap? Moshe Rabbeinu was angry that Parai threw him out, Menachem. Moshe Rabbeinu is very, very humble, and is not makbed on his coven. When, later on, when... When his sisters, who are a tzaddik and a tzadkanis, when his brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam, speak Lashon Haran Maisha, the Torah tells us the Ish Maisha Anav Mikolada. Maisha Rabbeinu is tremendously humble. And he's Michael, he doesn't care, he's not Machbid. He's Michael. And here, Parai, the Russia, Parai speaks toughly, throws Maisha Rabbeinu out, and it says, Maisha Rabbeinu had a charoin af, he was angry. What's Pat Moshe Rabbeinu was angry. He should have made a big party. The Russia doesn't want to speak to him anymore. Parai threw Moshe out and doesn't want to speak to him anymore. And Moshe Rabbeinu is angry. I have one of two pshatim why Moshe Rabbeinu is angry. He should make a big party. Baruch Hashem. Parai says, get out of here. I don't want to see you. I don't want to see your face again. Moshe should make a big suda saida. Not to have to go see the Russia. It's very destructive to see a Russia, to be involved with the Russia. And the Russia threw Moshe Rabbeinu out, yet the Torah says that Moshe Rabbeinu had a charoin af, he had an anger. And Moai have two pshatim and why Moshe Rabbeinu is angry. Either he's angry because he's a melech of Klal Yisrael. It's in halacha, Moshe Rabbeinu has the din of a melech in Klal Yisrael. Now I'm not sure if he's called a melech while they're still in Mitzrayim. It's a debatable topic. It's undebatable that later on, Moshe Rabbeinu had the name Melech. And he's upset the Charoin Af. The Gemara in Kedushin says that a Melech is not let to be Michael on his covered. So Moshe Rabbeinu's thrown out. He's not upset for his own covered. For his own covered, Ish Moshe Anav Mikoladam. He's tremendously humble and he's not Machbed on his covered. But he's upset for the covet of Klai Yisrael. It says a king is not let to be Michael on his honor. And as a melech of Yisrael, he's thrown out of Parai. He has a charay naf. He has an anger for the honor of Klai Yisrael. That's one, that's one nekuda why Moshe Rabbeinu perhaps is angry. The second nekuda, and I want to either pshat that you have. I have one of two pshat and why Moshe has a charay naf. I couldn't find in the Mepharshim, Moshe Rabbeinu is angry being kicked out of Parai, as if it's a personal affront. I assure you, big tzaddikim, whose words matter, said something against Moshe, and the Torah is made that Moshe doesn't mind. I assure you, Moshe didn't have a cast that Parai threw him out, the Kipshutai, that his, that his ego was hurt. He wasn't the person with an ego. So what's the Charoin af? 
He has an anger that Paro threw him out. Either he's angry for the honor of Klal Yisrael. I represent the Jewish people. He's angry for the covet of Klal Yisrael. That's one shot of his anger. Or the shot of his anger is his Shliach Hashem. He's a Shliach Hashem. He represents the Rabbeinu Shlom. In speaking to Paro, he's coming as the Shliach Hashem. <coughs> and his Charoin Af is for the covet of Hashem. Complete 100% the dignity of Hashem. Here he represents the Rabbeinu Shlom. He's standing there as a Shliach Shalmakim, as a Shliach the Rabbeinu Shlom. And Paro has the audacity to throw him out. It's not a personal affront. Zero. It's not a personal affront. It's 100% the Charoin Af. Chutzpah Hashem. I'm a Shliach of Hashem. You can't throw me out. I'm standing here representing Hashem. You can't throw out. You can't, you can't chas v'shalom. You can't throw out a shliach shal Hashem. Either pshat. Either pshat I appreciate a lot. I appreciate a lot when a person has a tafkid. When a person has a job that the person is very, very true to their job. I actually appreciate knowing what we know about Moshe Rabbeinu, that he's called the most humble person who ever lived. God is made, he's humble. And the specific place of humility is he's Enoi Makbid. He's not Makbid on himself. He doesn't have Kepedas. So God is made on him. He doesn't care personally. So Pare throws him out. Moshe Rabbeinu is not upset for his own covered. Zero, zero. But he's upset for the covet of Klai Yisrael. There's a charoin af for the covet of Klai Yisrael. There's a charoin af because of the shliach Vashem. I find that all of us get very cynical about these things. How many people have said, I'm not upset, it's just the principle that bothers me. And they're really upset. We see so much bias and so much untruth. To ever hear such a thing, we're like cynical about it. This is the Tyrus Emes. The Tyrus is completely Emes. If you can fathom a human being who doesn't care for the covet of himself, and elsewhere the Tyrus is made as such, he does not care for his own zero. He does not care for himself. If you threw Maishra, it does some Vaviram, we're taught with tremendously chutzpedic to the God Ladur. And Moshe Rabbeinu was Michael is covered and went to their house. He went to their house totally beneath his dignity because he's completely Michael on his covered. That's what we're taught about Moshe Rabbeinu. So he was completely to the depth of his soul, Michael on his covered, but on the covered of Klal Yisrael, Charainaf, he's angry. He stands up for the dignity of Klal Yisrael. For the covered of Hashem, he's angry, he stands up for the covered of Hashem. I love it when people have their emotions in the right place. That the Maisha personal affronts, he's Mamish Michael, real. But here, Zacharainaf, is a perfectly placed anger that, excuse me, I'm very upset at you. I stand for Kleisel and the Torah is made, there's Zacharainaf. There's an anger of Maisha. You, you, you insulted Kleisel, I'm not backing down from that. Now, a person has to make sure they're a real person. Because it's, this is not about making external claims. People can claim a lot, I'm standing up for this one. No, you're, you're personally angry. If you're personally angry, it's a different sugya. 
But Moshe Rabbeinu, who's not personally angry, who twice the Torah is made, the Torah testifies to his ability to put aside his personal interests. When his sister and brother speak against him, he doesn't mind. Ha'ish Moshe anav mikoladam. He is Michael, believe Shalom. When Dasan Vaviram attack him personally, Moshe Rabbeinu takes himself out of it. He's Michael on his covered, and he goes to their tent. But here's an affront to Hashem. He's a shliach of Hashem. He's a shliach of Hashem. Here he's not Michael. He's, I'm not Michael on Hashem's covered. He's upset. Zero of his own covered. There's a charoinaf. Chutzpah. Chutzpah. I'm a shliach of Hashem. Don't throw out. I'm, 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 I'm insisting on Hashem's covered. On Hashem's covered, I'm not being Michael. Klal Yisrael, my people. I'm a melech. On my own covered, Michael believes Shom. I'm not Michael Klai Yisrael's covered. The exactness of a Moshe Rabbeinu, the exactness of a tzaddik, what they're Michael on, what they're not Michael, such an exactness of a human being, I'm actually nishtoyimim from his charoinaf. I'm amazed from his anger. I'm amazed from an anger that the Torah is made. We find Moshe Rabbeinu is punished a few times in the Torah for his anger. He forgets Allah. Zero. I looked everywhere. He's not punished for this anger. Zero. This anger is Kulay L'Shem Shemaim. I'm very moved that a person could be so exact and so worked out. This anger, you look anywhere. I challenge anybody here. Shems, look around. You won't find an Einish for this Charay Naf of Meisha. Which is the Torah is being made that this anger is 100%. Maish Rabbeinu had other slight angers in his life. And he's called out each time. He forgets the halacha. Each time Maish Rabbeinu, even at times, by the way, that the anger was a shtickle right, but there's a dak minadak. There's a subtle, subtle, subtle amount that's not pure and Hashem calls out Maish Rabbeinu. This charoin af of, Maishra, of Paroi throwing Maishra Rabbeinu out of the palace is 100% pure. Kuloi in anger for either the covet of Hashem or the covet Klal Yisrael to the point that there's zero call out anywhere of Chazal for this charoin af of Maishra was completely well placed. In anger that was just right, that was just true. Excuse me, Paroi, I'm a shliach of Hashem. My own thing here, I have zero. My own personal biases, my own personal frustration, zero. But you, you, you have no right. I'm a shliach Hashem. You can't throw me out like that. I'm sorry. I'm a shliach Hashem. This is not about me, the covet of Hashem. I stand up to that. The covet of Klal Yisrael, this is not about me. I am completely taken out of the picture. But I represent the people, and there's an affront to the people. I'm sorry. Charain Af, a perfectly placed anger that's a true anger for Mamish because you can't start up with Klal Yisrael. I want to I review something with the Hevra that we had spoken about, that we learned together a few weeks ago. I want to review it in this week's Parsha. There's a Pasuk in this week's Parsha that is murder to read. It's, I, should get, I should get the guys a Chumashim to pass it around. Just so you should see how hard of a Pasuk. I'm going to get you Chumashim. If the guys can pass around Chumashim, I want to show you this. 
This is one of the real difficult sukkim in the Torah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. The Pasuk we're going to look at is Perek Yudbez Pasuk Mem. It's page 185. It's Perek Yudbez Pasuk Mem. I want to just once once you're looking, put your holy eyes first. I just want to show you, Hebra. Page one eighty. We're going to go to one eighty five in a second. Page one eighty. If you have this Chomish edition. If you have a different one, it's Perik Yud Aleph, Pasach Ches. Perik Yud Aleph, Pasach Ches. After it says, Pasach Zion is a famous Pasach. Pasach Zion is during the Makas Bechayrus. Ulechol Bnei Yisrael Yachratz Kelev L'Shaynoi. Amongst all of Klal Yisrael, no dog barked. L'mei Ishvad Behema. L'chol b'nei Yisrael to every year l'yechratz kelev l'shaynei. This is a pasuk. People have a people have such a minug. They pass by a dog. They don't want it to bark. They say l'chol b'nei Yisrael l'yechratz kelev l'shaynei. In pasuk ches it says vayyard kol avdech eloi laivishnach leimatzayat of cholamashu v'lechik vaachir eitzim vayeitzim miyimparei b'chariyaf. That's the pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu leaves Parai very angry. And Rashi says, Because Parai said, don't see my face. That anger moves me to no end. And zero, if it said in one place, Yehud and Chazal, Moshe is punished for the anger, zero Oynesh. This anger is completely well placed. And the zero time is so interesting. Parai says, get out. And Moshe leaves with a Chari Af. A fury of anger. And any other time, I challenge you, any other time in Kola Kula that Moshe gets angry, which I believe is three other times, Chazal say he's punished for the anger. There's some Einish. There's epis epis something mixed in. In this anger, zero. It's completely righteous anger. He leaves Bechariyaf. And what's the anger? For the honor of Klal Yisrael. <coughs> but you have to be, well, you have to really call yourself out. Is there maybe a little anger from me? Your anger has to be real and authentic. Can I tell you a good story about authentic anger? I'm going to tell you a story that I heard this past Shabbos. There's many Vishnitzer Rebbe's. Listen to this story, Hever. 
There are many, I'm talking about anger that's real and authentic, not a pretend anger. You have to be very through and through to call yourself out. There was a Rav, I heard the story with the Rav's name. There was a Rav at a stable in, in, um, in Haifa. And, and this Rav in Haifa, Rav Waiwai said over this Meissen Naira, a Rav at a stable in Haifa. And what happened was there was a, there was a not yet from Yid whose store was open on Shabbos Kodesh. His store was open and it was right next to the shul. And not only was his store open, Shabbos he had the best sales of the week, this guy. And the store would be open during shul hours. So when people were coming to shul to pray, you saw Yidin being Michal Shabbos. So the, the, the rub of the shul went to the storekeeper many times. He said, Shabbos Kodesh, keep your store closed on Shabbos. It's Shabbos. And the storekeeper wouldn't listen. Not only wouldn't he listen, he'd make better sales and he purposely would have big time action during shul hours. People were walking on the, sh- the store, it was right next to the shul. Finally, the store, ke- the, the rub of the shul was so angry, he went to the Vizitzer Rebbe in Haifa and he told him, he told him, there's a guy who has this store next to me, I'm so mad at him. So the Rebbe said, do you love him or you hate him? Do you love or hate the storekeepers? He said, I hate him. And I righteously hate him. He's Michalal Shabbos Bifrahesia. He publicly desecrates Shabbos like a mitzvah to hate such a guy. He publicly desecrates Shabbos. And La Lochat says that somebody publicly desecrates Shabbos, a mitzvah to hate him. So the Rebbe asked him the following question. The Rebbe asked this Rav, is he Michalal Shabbos? Do you hate him because he's Michalal Shabbos? Or is he Michalal Shabbos because you hate him? Which is the truth? Do you hate him because he's Michalal Shabbos? Or maybe the opposite, maybe he's Michalal Shabbos because you hate him. If he has any, it's a Taisvis. He quoted a Taisvis. It says that Rabbi Kiva had very, very good Midas. Rabbi Kiva was a Baka Ma'aretz, but it says he had very good Midas. That's why his wife, Rachel, the daughter of Kalba Savua wanted to marry him because he had tremendous midas. Ask Taisvis, what do you mean he has good midas? He says, when I was in Amoritz, if I passed by a Talmud Chacham, I'd want to bite him. I hated him so much, I want dogs bite. Human beings don't bite. And it says, if he passed by a Talmud Chacham, I wanted to bite him. I wanted to take a bite out of the Talmud Chacham. Frack Taisvis, not such good midas. Says Taisus, he really had good midas, but the Talmud Chacham would look at him as less than human. The Talmud Chacham didn't respect him, and even if you have good midas, if somebody doesn't respect you, looks down at you, demeans you, so then it's normal, you want to bite that person. And Taisus says, if Akiva wanted to bite Talmud Chachamim, because they didn't, they didn't respect him or value, they looked at him. The Gemara says in, in Adarim, the Gemara gives six reasons that often Talmide Chacham's kids are not Talmide Chachamim. And one of the reasons, if they call people Chamayim, they call people donkeys. They don't look. If they look down at people, their kids don't lose, the, it, it leaves the family, Talmud Chacham. So the Vishnitzer Rebbe says to this Rav, is the person, do you hate him because he's Michalal Shabbos or you Michalal Shabbos because you hate him? So he says to the Rav, I want you to try loving him from now on. 
I can't. I, I want you to try loving him from now on. You love the Yid and see what happens. And the Vizhitzer Rebbe tells him it's a few days to Shabbos. I want you to work the brains on yourself till you love him. And then Shabbos, go tell him you love him. So the rubs, he listens to his Rebbe. He works on himself. By the time Shabbos comes, he has an Ava. He's a Yid. He worked on himself. So the, right before Shul, he goes to the guy's store. And the guy sees him, starts cursing him out in Hebrew. Get out of here. And the guy says, no, 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 I came only to say good Shabbos. Oh, what are you, what are you? He, said, he said, I love you. So what do you love? You're my, he said, you're my brother, I love you. So the storekeeper was taken and gave him a hug back. He started a minute the next many, many weeks. Every week before shul, he'd stop by the, shul, the store to tell the store that he loves him. And he really like worked on himself. I love you. And the storekeeper would give him a hug, right? Kill him with kindness. <laughs> he said six months he was stopping by the store with a hug. I love you. I love you. He said six months later the store was closed on Shabbos. Six months later the Yid closed the store. That wasn't a, a manipulation. He worked on himself to love the Yid. It's just the truth. At the point, it wasn't, it's, not a manip, it's not a trick. At the point that he wasn't hated and he actually was respected and appreciated and felt it significantly, so of course then he had the wherewithal to do what's true and right. And the store was closed on Shabbos. Maishashayim. That story that Maishur Abenu leaves Bihari off with an anger that's 100% correct anger. There's zero sinister, there's not a slightest element you won't find in Chazal of a criticism on that anger is an anger that's kuloi l'shem shamayim. He's a shliach of Hashem, a chutzpah. You defy Hashem. There's a righteous anger there. You, you embarrass Klaus, I'm a melech of Klaus, a 100% righteous anger I'm very moved from. But I, wanna, I want you to see one of the hardest psukim in the Torah. There, there are a few psukim in the Torah that are extremely difficult. If everybody could look at this pasuk, it's Perak Yud Bey's pasuk mem. And the dwelling of the Jewish people, Asher Yashvu that they dwelled in Egypt, Shleishim Shana, 30 years, Va'arba Meyay Shana, and 400 years. They dwelled in Mitzrayim 430 years. The next passage continues, At the end of 430 years, They all got out of Mitzrayim. So it says we were in Mitzrayim 430 years. Hevra, how long we were, were we in Egypt for? 210. 210. It's just not true. <laughs> it's, it's, there's way short. We weren't there 430 years. This is one of the hardest psukim in the Torah. Anybody who does the math, we were only there 210 years. And the Pasuk says, And the dwelling of Klal Yisrael, that they dwelled in Mitzrayim 30 years and 400. They weren't there 430 years. It's not true. What, what Chazal teach us is that from when Av- Avram Avinu was given the bris ben Absarim till we left Egypt was 430 years. How many years after the bris ben Absarim was Yitzchak born? 30. And then 400 years later we got Adam Mitzrayim. So how do you read the Pasuk? So you have to read it like this. 
Hashem tells Avram Avinu that your children are going to be slaves and they're going to be pained in a land that wasn't theirs. Now Hashem had promised Eretz Yisrael to Avram Avinu, but we didn't get it till after the Midbar. We came later on and claimed it. We didn't own Eretz Yisrael. It was promised to us, but we didn't practically own it. We didn't own Eretz Yisrael. There was Zion Amim. There were nations there. It was promised to Avram, but the promise wasn't fulfilled till Klai Yisrael left Egypt, traveled 40 years through the desert, Zach, and then claimed it. So Yitzchak was born in a land that wasn't his. Now, was he a ger? We weren't in Mitzrayim, but there was a drip of discomfort. He was born in a land that he was promised and it wasn't given to him yet. So it means like this, the Golos, the 400 years starts from Yitzchak's birth. So Umaisha B'nai Yisrael, the dwelling of B'nai Yisrael, what dwelling? The dwelling of Golos. That you're in a land that's not yours. That counts from Yitzchak's birth. That Yitzchak was born. It was promised to Avram's children 400 years of Golos. Umay Shabbenei Yisrael, the dwelling of Klal Yisrael, the uncomfortable dwelling in a land that's not years, Asher Yashvu B'Mitzrayim, that concluded with staying in Egypt. The dwelling of Klal Yisrael, the dwelling in lands that weren't theirs, from the Brisbane Absarim. They were promised there, Yisrael, but it wasn't theirs. Asher Yashvu B'Mitzrayim, that concluded with staying in Egypt, Shloishim Shana Barbemei Hashan is 430 years. So it's a big stretch in the Pasuk. The simple reading of the Pasuk is the dwelling they lived in Mitzrayim was 430 years. The way Asher was stopping it in and the dwelling of Klal Yisrael in uncomfortable situation. Asher Yashua Mitzrayim that concluded with Yeshivas Mitzrayim. The last 210 of those 430 years, all in all, was 430 years. Yes, Momo? How do you explain the 40 years in the desert? At this point, the 430 years had elapsed. Yeah, then 40 more years. Just saying, we left Egypt, was the end 430 years after Brisbane Absarim, we got Adam Mitzrayim. Which is the truth. Your children, your children will be vavadim v'inyaisam to your children. Thirty years was him. It said your children will be in a land that's not theirs and enslaved four hundred years from Yitzchak's birth till we left. Was four hundred years. Avram also did not own it. So the yeshiva in a land that wasn't yours, the Brisbane Absalom, we were promised. We were pro- oh, you're asking, so it's more than Arme Shar because the desert. The answer probably is if you're on the way, some was a Tais and Brachas. If you're on your way there, it's probably called as if we were already there. That's probably the answer. You can't call torture. Also, it's Midbar, which is Hefker. At least nobody else owns it. So it could be that also. Somebody else took it. That was Eretz Yisrael. Other people, Ozayin Amim, Mitzrayim. In the Midbar, nobody owns. So we're not in on somebody else's Shlita. That's probably a good question. Very good question, Momo. It just says that's not yours. It doesn't say that belongs to someone else. It just says you But it could be the point is the discomfort. Because other people are going to control you. So we were in the Midbar. We weren't controlled. That's probably a Momo. A very good question. The Kitzur Advarim is this Pasuk Yosef is, ext- is extremely difficult Pasuk, Pasuk Mshat. 
Rev. Aaron Cutler, I want to talk to the guys about this Pasuk. Zach, it doesn't make me question my Judaism. It's a difficult Pasuk. Simple reading of the Pasuk. We weren't in Egypt 430 years. Now, we, we fetched it into Pshat. Rev. Aaron Cutler showed his Talmidim certain Pshat, certain Pesukim, which forces you to understand as a deeper level than Pshat. I have spoken to the guys, and Bachram have been like, some guys understand it, some guys are skeptical. It is obvious to me that Mitzrayim is much deeper than a place. And I think anybody who knows how to learn Torah, we live our life with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We put on tefillin every single day, Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We have a mezuzah we pass by multiple times a day, Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We make Kiddush, Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We have countless mitzvahs to remember Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Anybody who thinks Egypt is just a country and getting out of there, I think doesn't know how to learn. And Mitzrayim is a country, but Mitzrayim is a situation of being trapped. Now, some, most guys accept that and know that. Rev. Aaron Cutler showed Psukim in the Torah that force you to understand that it's more than the Pshutai, that Hashem is saying something more than the simple Pshat. This Pasuk to me, to any person who's being honest of what Hashem's communicating, that Hashem calls 430 years of living in Mitzrayim, I find that very gishmak. Because even in Eretz Yisrael you can be in Mitzrayim. That discomfort, he was promised it, but it wasn't his. The Torah calls 430 years in Egypt. Now we fit it into Pshat, and there is a way that it means... Umaisha b'nei Yisrael, the dwelling of Klal Yisrael in an uncomfortable situation. Asher Yashuv Mitzrayim that concluded with Mitzrayim was, was 430 years. That's how we stopped it in. But Hashem wrote it in a purposely misleading way. And to me, Pshat brings you to Drash. Hashem himself is telling you there's something deeper here. What's called Mitzrayim is deeper than a land. Some of us might be in some ways, all of us are in Mitzrayim right now. And the, the topic of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is ever relevant. Certain psukim, I like when I find the pasuk that demands of you. Rashi says a few places in the Torah, David Eli, HaMikra Azeh Oimer Darshuni. This pasuk says Darshan me. I like when Hashem in his, I believe, and I, I believe one, I know, I am 100% certain that the Torah is very deep, and Hashem relates to us in a very deep way, I'm certain of that, and learning Svarim and seeing Svarim, who express very deep, it's clear to me that Hashem meant it very deep. But I love the Pasuk that you can't deny Hashem meant more than the Pshat. In this Pasuk, even Shimler, we stop in the Pshat, but why does Hashem write it like this? He's introducing that there's something deeper than the Pshat. Mikra Omar Darshuni. This Pasuk says that, that Hashem is saying something deeper than the Pshat. So it calls it 430 years in Egypt. We were only there at 210, but there's a Matzev called Mitzrayim for 430 years. And it's important to know there's something called spiritual Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And from the Brisbane Absalom, there's 430 years that are all worthy of calling a matzav of Mitzrayim. Even when you're not in Egypt, it could be called Mitzrayim. 
That's what I say about this Pasuk. Now, when they wrote over the Torah, I expressed to the guys that, that um, Talmai, Talmai, this um, Yavan, this Greek king, asked the Chachamim to write over the Torah. And he put them in different cubicles, and he said, translate the Torah. And he wanted, if any of them translated the Torah different than the other one, he would kill them. You guys are liars. And he asked that the Torah be translated. And they made some changes in the Torah. This is one of them. All the Chachamim switched this Pasuk. You know that? They switched this Pasuk. <laughs> they couldn't say we dwelled in Mitzrayim 430 years. It's not true. So this Pasuk, they switched for Talmud. And they wrote something else. I don't, does anybody remember what they write? I don't, what they write? Hmm? How did we find out? What did they write? What? We know the Gemara says a lot of the switches. This is one of the switches. Shimler, do you remember what they wrote? If you look it up, if you look it up, you know, Nafti, this is one of the Psukim that was switched. It's called, get the word, the Septuagint. Say Septuagint. Septuagint is the Targum Shivim. Though that's when they forced the Torah to be translated, the Yavam, it's called the Septuagint. And Asher, this is one of the Psukim that all the Chachamim and Achim switched around. This is one, yeah. Sept means seven. Septuagint, that didn't mean 70. The earliest looks then got it. I think it says, They added, Mitzrayim Ratzas. And the dwelling that Klaisro lived in Mitzrayim and other lands. They stuck in a little addendum and other lands. It's not what it says. <laughs> they all the chachamim. They didn't want. They didn't want Talmud to say your Torah is not true. So they stuck in and other lands. That's what it says here. Yeah. So they stuck in because not true. They were Mitzrayim. So they stuck it in Shragi. Now, Lemay said that's not what it says. Hashem said this and wanted to say this. But they switched it for Talmai, they switched the Torah and they wrote, and the, the, the Klai Yisrael dwelled in Mitzrayim and other countries for 430 years. So they stuck in Delhi, other countries as well. What was the tragedy of this translation, Dels? For many years of my life, and I, I told it to the guys a few weeks ago, I want to say it again, Hebra. Avi, what was the tragedy of translating Torah? So they translate it. I, Yosef, I need you to hear this. I'm a big fan. Art scroll is wonderful. It's a wonderful parish. Such a good job. They act, They taught uh, any shear. Art scroll is a great shear. They teach Torah to Klal Yisrael. What is wrong with the Greeks translating Torah? What's bad? Maish, I want you to hear this. What's so bad to translate Torah? In matter of fact, you spend the whole Hanukkah saying about Greece that the Greeks, that they want Lashkichem Torah they want us to forget Torah. Then after Hanukkah, we have Asara B'Tavis, and we say they wanted to translate Torah. Alo. Forget Torah, or they wanted to spread Torah. Translation, they seem so nice, Mo. Mo, it seems so special, they want to translate Torah. They push it one art scroll, they want to access Torah to everybody. Delhi, do they want to forget Torah? Or access Torah for everybody. What are they doing? I have seen many pshatim on this and very little resonated by me. 
I've seen them, and I've seen they wanted it, that it shouldn't be ours to give it to the Goyim. I've seen Pshatim very little resonated. I want to tell you what I have this year, and it's a start of something, but I believe it's Emma's. And I have an excuse to repeat it again because in Parshas Boy is one of the Psukim that the Chachamim switched. So I want to say what the problem, JD, of, of translating Torah, and this is what I think. Understand that the Torah Hashem speaks to you and speaks to me in every situation of our life. No matter what we're going through and what new is happening to all situations the Torah speaks to. We've said many times the Torah is not a story of what was. The Torah is the truth of what is. And everything's in the Torah. The Gemara in Baba Kama asks, where do we know when it says a certain statement that Gemara Tzadi Beis in Baba Kama? Minoha milsa da amri There's a smart statement, the rich get richer. Where do we know it from the Torah? Yosef, who said it's in the Torah? Maybe we don't. The premise of the Gemara is if there's a true statement that's in the Torah. Maybe it's not in the Torah. Because every single truth in the world is in the Torah. The Torah is the Metzius of what is. You're never, any situation you want to discuss, politics, psychology, sociology, any situation you want to discuss, you come, where is the source? What does it say in the Torah about that? To anything you discuss, the source is in the Torah. So, so a person studies Torah, the Torah Hashem is written with the exact wording that Hashem wanted to write. And Hashem's communicating to you and I and to every Yid in every situation that we find ourselves in, Hashem's communicating. Yavan who doesn't believe in Tyrus Hashem or Chachmas Hashem. Yavan believes in the intelligence of man. Yavan wanted a translation. Yavan said, give me your smartest human being and give me his pshat. And that will call that Tyrus. The smartest human being who, tr- who says what it means, okay, that chachma is wonderful. There's a very, very smart guy. He's known as one of the smartest guy in the world. And he says pshatim in the Torah. He's amazed the Torah is intelligent. So he says a pshat. What he doesn't chap, and he has no shaykhs to Torah, is that's what the Torah said to you today. And by the way, it says something different to me. And by the way, if he looks at it tomorrow, it will say something different to him. The Torah Hashem that's ever knowing, ever understanding of every human being is talking to every person. And Yavan is extremely sinister. I see in my own children connecting to Torah in different ways connecting to Torah Hashem in all different ways, Yavan either wanted to knock out my pshat or his pshat. They wanted to kill one of us. By giving a translation of Torah and saying, the art scroll is wonderful. Art scroll is one Talmud Chacham teaching you his pshat. That's wonderful. Oh, a group of Talmud Chacham. That's wonderful. It's good to go to a shir and listen to a pshat. But you still maintain the Torah Hashem, the words of Hashem unchanged. 
Of course, the translation is perfectly fine. The Tana, the great Tana Unklus. When I was your age, I didn't chap that a translation is a pirish of the Torah. I have a friend who's an expert on Unklus. He's a bucky in Unklus. He knows Unklus being. I used to think Unklus is like a translate. Any translation is, a, you realize art scroll is a pirish of the Torah? People like getting to look up art scroll. You're asking one Talmud Chacham, Yishmak, whoever wrote art scroll on that piece that you're reading, or three Talmud Chacham, or the art scroll editorial staff, you're asking a couple of Talmud Chacham. That's a pshat. Any translation is one man's pshat. But the Tyrus Hashem doesn't get moved. And that Yid has a right to say Pshat, and we have a right to get inspired from that Yid's Pshat. And that's something Hashem wanted us to hear. The Tyrus translated by that one person. That's wonderful. Yavon wants only a translation of Tyrus. Give, give me your smartest man, and that's Tyrus. That's destructive, that's sinister, that destroys Tyrus Hashem. They want to take away Tyrus Hashem. I like the, I, I, I gave the guys stories, dramatic stories, where the Torah spoke to people, mamish, directly in the situation they're in. That the Torah, the Apostle they read and saw was a direct, and they're dramatic stories like that. There's something called the Geir Lagra, which is a system of opening the Chumash, and the Torah literally tells you what to do, and that's cool. That's cool stuff, but even when it's not so dramatic. The understanding that the Torah, that Hashem is guiding me and guiding you and talking to you and talking to me in every situation, that's what it's called, Torah Hashem. And Yavan wanted to put a tremendous, tremendous, Yavan wanted to break that idea. Yavan wanted to break that idea and that... I wanted to learn, if guys, one more Pasuk, I wanted to learn with the Chevra. If everybody looks, page 185, Pasuk Lamedalad. I want you to have a visual that I think is powerful and good and important. Perak Yud Beis, Pasuk Lamedalad. Vayisa Ames B'Tzekoi. Klai Yisrael carried the Batsek. Terem Yechmatz is the, is the dough before rose. Misharaisam, their leftovers, Tsurais Bismlaisam al Shechmam. The leftovers were gathered in a garment on their shoulders. They're carrying leftovers on their shoulders. When we left Egypt, we had leftovers on our shoulders. What leftovers did we have on our shoulders? Says Rashi, very good. Says Rashi, what leftovers? Rashi Pasakla Medalid. The leftover matzah and mar from the leftover. Remember, we had a seder in Mitzrayim the night before. The night before we left, Yud by night. Night before day, we had a seder and we ate matzah mar. 
The leftover matzah mar we carried on our shoulders, says Rashi. Even though they had many animals, Klaisro, many, many animals to carry, they could have put the leftover matzah and mar on the animals. They had chavivus. They had a preciousness to the mitzvah. Mechavim hayu es mitzvah They had such a love and an appreciation to the mitzvah. Mechavim es mitzvah they, they had a preciousness to the mitzvah. So Klai Yisrael took the leftover matzah and the leftover marar and easily could have just put it on the behemoth. But they had an appreciation. Mechavim es mitzvah The mitzvah was precious to them. We ate this was matzah. It was a mitzvah of matzah. This was the mitzvah of marar. A chavivus, a preciousness for the mitzvah, they purposely carried it on their shoulder. They wanted to work for the mitzvah. They were mechavivus a mitzvah. They bedavka wanted to work for the mitzvah. The, the Chai Adam brings a series of rules what to do with mitzvahs. A series of rules. It's very, very precious. I love when Yidin bake the matzah themselves. Now a guy might say, I could get it for free. There's a big Indian to work for a mitzvah. Chavivus ha-mitzvah, it might be as important as the mitzvah itself. Appreciating the mitzvah and work for the mitzvah. As guys mature, as guys mature, Mo, a guy's father can buy him an esrog. A mature ben Torah buys it himself. First of all, I want to spend money on it. The Arizal, and the Chayadam brings it. The Arizal, he says, to spend money on a mitzvah. You can get it free. Why would I want a mitzvah free? I want to pay for it, and I want to work for it. I have a tremendous appreciation for Yidin bake their own matzah. I appreciate that a lot. A lot of doing a mitzvah is appreciating and celebrating the mitzvah. Now, always know things are very exact. The scene of walking out of Mitzrayim, and forever remember this, is we were carrying matzah and mar on our shoulders. Does anybody here have the minig in your family that you put the matzah on your back? You have that minig? They walk around the table. What? No, we still have. Avrami, remember when we left Egypt, we left Mitzrayim, we had matzah and mar on our shoulder. What matzah and mar? The leftover matzah and mar. Why did we have the leftover matzah and marar? Chavivus ha-mitzvah. Because a mitzvah is precious. We value a mitzvah. I think it's important to note, Mitzrayim is when a person's stuck. Distance from Hashem, stuck in a world devoid of Hashem. You see us, Mitzrayim is entering the embrace of God. Out of the, out of the drudgery of life, out of a world that's so... That's so fleeting and meaningless, a stuck world, and a person leaves Mitzrayim into the embrace of Hashem. You know what you're supposed to picture together with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Chavivas ha-mitzvah, appreciating a mitzvah. A certain appreciation and excitement for a mitzvah. That you don't just do the command of Hashem, you're excited about the command of Hashem. One's want and desire for a band with Hashem. We walked out of Mitzrayim with the Matz and Mar, the leftover, Shiari on Mitzvah on our shoulder. The Chavivas HaMitzvah is itself the way out of Egypt. The way out of stuck in a world devoid of Hashem is Chavivas HaMitzvah, is appreciating Mitzvahs. 
grabbing them, doing them with a, doing them gishmak, chavivus ha-mitzvah, and forever the picture of leaving Mitzrayim, it's, it's the coolest picture, is matzah and maru on the shoulders of the Yidin. What matzah? Shiyore matzah mar, the leftover, Yosef, because chavivus ha-mitzvah. The Chayadim, it's Kedai to read, the Chayadim has a whole list of things about mitzvahs, that a person should be mamtenu mitzapeh, should anticipate a mitzvah, a person should spend money on a mitzvah, a person should invest effort in a mitzvah. For many years, I haven't done it, maybe we'll do it together, Zach. I want to bake matzahs. I want to bake, we should go and you, you know, you, what? That'd be the best be amazing, we really should do it. Shims, you bake your own matzahs? What's wrong with us? How do we buy from a store? A mitzvah, you go bake your own matzah. No? Seems like Paul, you do bake it. I don't know. It should have been. I had a roommate. I had a roommate who was a masmid niflasher. He was a tremendous masmid. And he didn't waste time. He went at one point, I think it was two months, he hadn't left the building of the mirror. He pushed was a masmid nifla. He asked me if I could call my sister for shalach manas, he can go bake stuff to, to for shalach manas. He has a mitzvah of sending, he didn't want to just buy something, he wanted to work for it. He has a mitzvah of giving a gift to another yid. He asked me if I could ask my sister, I remember I went to my sister, this masmid nifla, he's a rebbe in the mirror today, a chash of a, a, a rebbe in the mirror today. He wanted to go bake by my sister, he's giving shalach manas, he's going to buy he wanted to work for it. There's a tremendous Indian chavivus ha-mitzvah, to spend money on a mitzvah, to work for a mitzvah, to value. The picture of Klal Yisrael leaving Mitzrayim is placing a value on a mitzvah. They had animals, they could have put the matzah and maran, and then, but they wanted to invest. They wanted to physically invest for Hashem. I dare say, Zach, that that's not the, just the picture of leaving, that's how to leave. If you want to know how to leave the Mitzarim, how to leave borders, how to leave lim- a limited place, a finite place that traps a person, is work and invest in mitzvahs. Don't, you could put it on your animal. They could have just put all the mats and marr, but chavivus, they wanted to invest in mitzvahs. So they were on their shoulders. They were carrying. They were committed. They were, they was, they, they were working for it. The mitzvah was chaviv. The mitzvah was precious to them. That's the Eifin, how they left Mitzrayim. That's the picture. If any Yid ever wants a picture of how to leave Mitzrayim, take a mitzvah and value it and, and invest in it. Pay for your mitzvah. Invest in your mitzvah. I find with tefillin, I find with tefillin, the more a person invests in his tefillin, in any which way that a person can invest and put in and care about it, the more we invest in it, the more we're connected to it, the more the mitzvah impacts us. Chavivus ha-mitzvah, that the mitzvah was, was they were invested in the mitzvah. So I wanted to share that pasuk and share that visual. Let's dive in, Rabbi